It's Friday evening, and it's been a very long time since we've had the crew together in the same room. At least six months, I think. But uh, <laughs> I haven't had a living room duded this much up in, in a while. It's quite dutified. And the dude to my left here is... Got a cold. Coming down from a cold. Adrian Lozano. And to Adrian's left. Uh, Renato, I don't have a cold, but my voice is shot. So. But you haven't been here for a while, Renato. Welcome, welcome back. Yeah, you're back. Renato is back. This yeah. is the first non-Skype call Renato yeah. has been on the cast in in this year. <laughs> no. Since before Delta started, I think. yeah, yeah. at least what? three episodes in, or yeah. maybe the second episode. Not much has changed. <laughs> well, you go far, far around to Renato's left, and we have somewhat coherent from a three a.m. screening of Rogue One, Egan. Bowen. Bogwan. I would watch that. I'd do that. I'd rather watch Bogwan. <laughs> you watch Bogwan? Okay, that's no, another, that's another podcast. No, I'm going to okay. see it probably whenever the hell I have time. And uh, the only person here who's probably going to see Rogue One in another country, because I'm getting on a plane pretty soon. In a penal colony. <laughs> well, they, they show... <laughs> Movies for us there, if we behave well. This is your host, Gwyn Campbell, and welcome to another episode of the Speaker Podcast. End of the year wrap-up, guys. It's just been so long since we've all sat down and just talked about stuff. And, you know, we've been so focused on Delta recently. Uh, For most of us, it's been so long since we actually sat down. Period. Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, talk about what's been going on. Uh, So this will, I guess, mostly be Macross-related, some not, some Japan-related... Some general anime related. We're just kind of free-forming at this time. So uh, for anyone tuning in, uh, please bear with us. But look, I'm going to start and get the news out of the way, such that it is, because it's the end of the year, we've got Christmas, and you know what would be a better Christmas present than Megumi Nakajima? Hey, Adrian smiled. Oh, I had a full week, so... Um, That's just the icing on the cake. Megumi is back. She, uh... And now she was coming out of retirement from singing. We must point out that she's been voice acting all this time. She only retired from singing, I think, about two years ago, something like that. Um, and she announced she was coming back. She's doing the opening for a new anime, the title of which I didn't bother looking up before this podcast. Yeah. And last weekend, on uh, would have been the 11th, she did a free concert uh, on a Sunday, just out of the blue. I didn't hear about it until midnight before she did it. Like no, I, I had no idea it was on. Uh, and she did five songs and announced to the crowd she was coming back and um, you know said she'd taken a break because she was feeling overwhelmed and had too much work and pressure on her and felt she wasn't fulfilling her um, her goals as an artist. But she's taken some time off and, and now she's back. Well, I'll tell you who knew at 8 in the morning who went. Who? Well, at 7.30 in the morning, I was on my way to Nettima to do some camera work. And the number one Macross fan was already in line tweeting <laughs> that with a picture of where to line up at about eight thirty in the morning. So and and the, but the gig was like three three o'clock or something, right? Yeah. From memory. It was wanted, after midday. I wanted to skip the job I had and just go there. Right. Yeah, and no, I was working as well. Uh, by the time, like, I found out literally as it started. When did you say this was? Last Sunday. Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, it was Sunday announced. Sunday morning. It hadn't been announced. Saturday evening? It must have been. Like, when I heard about it, I went and looked up. The only news post I could find about was posted literally midnight the night before. 
Despite, uh, despite the late notice, do you notice the huge crowd that did show up? It was I, amazing. I heard it was like two or 3,000 people. Yeah. It's good that she's back, and timing-wise, with the 35th anniversary of Macross upon us, it seems very fortuitously If you timed. want to know... Yeah, oh. I mean, I don't think it was a coincidence. If you want to know what anime she's going to be on next, mm-hmm. the theme song she's doing is for Fuka. It's a new anime next year from the same manga creator as A Town Where You Live. Uh, it's in a, it's, see, that's a Suzuka, a couple others, romantic comedies, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So It's uh, prominent. It's a, I'll, yeah, it's I'll pick up the single. I can't say the anime sounds appealing to me at all. No. Well, she was already active with the Macross fan club events. Right. So even though she was retired or on hiatus, mm-hmm. she was still making appearances but not singing. Yeah. So. Voice acting. Kind of, kind of like Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> what? She doesn't come in and say all the new singers suck. No, yes. <laughs> Give her time. Alright, so Megumi's back. Yeah. Uh, the other good piece of news is that we are getting a third Walkure album, which is Walkure ga tomaranai. Walkure doesn't Not stop. A volleyball or... theme. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, you know, saying. Well, it's a, well, a Janning Birds theme. Is it? Oh. Are they all running? Like, the, like they're doing the training in that episode of Macro 7? 7 did it! You're going to say 7 did everything first. Oh, yeah. it did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Wakure don't stop or Wakure won't stop, depending on... There's no official English title Can't for the stop, album. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, there's no stopping Wakure? I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a... Um, <laughs> Sounds like Daft Punk or something. Yeah. This is technically... I wish it did sound like Daft Punk. Don't get started. Just That'd be like an album of of, of, of Onyanko girl. Cross No, you're talking about perfume, right? No, I'm talking about the Makina song, Onyanoko. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant uh, Onyanko Club. That's actually right. what I was going to mention, but I forgot the name. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to talk about. Onyanko Club. The ma- no, the Makina song. Oh my god. Can we talk about Onyanko Club? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> What is it? Don't rape oh. me. I think those are lyrics, aren't they? Not that was actually a lyric from memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eighties were a brilliant time for Japanese music. Oh my god! Uh, Alienating now, all our listeners as usual. This, anyway, Japan is cool. Trust us, cool Japan. This album. <laughs> I work for the government. <laughs> yeah, I do now. <laughs> this album is technically a rare track collection. It goes on sale on January twenty fifth, and will include the debut. <laughs> The debut of ex Walkure member Claire Paddle. Oh my god. Yep, she's going to be in a song. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah? Yeah. yeah Wait, do we know the voice? Who's actually the voice of. It's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I or is it one of those question marks like, no. It's probably listed in the credits. Like Sybil. Uh, and it's Sybil. also. Seven did it. Exactly. That was what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> it's, only got, girl. <laughs> it's only got eight songs, so it's a slightly cheaper price point than usual at 2,400 uh, 2, yen. But among those eight songs. Apart from Claire Paddle's blazing debut, we have a Freya version of Seikan Hiko oh. and a Mikomor version of Diamond Crevasse, which I think are the two reasons people are going to pick this album up. Oh my god, I didn't know about that. Frontier Connections, yeah. And I, you know, call me crazy, but I think this is just the beginning of, the, of, a, of a potential huge amount of crossover. You're crazy. Songs. Thank you.
uh, look, event-wise, just a few minor things I, I want to put out there, guys. Um, I did... Uh, this is going back to July, which shows you how long it's been since we've done a non-Delta cast. I went to the first ever live, the first ever concert of Haruka Chizuka, which was held in Shibuya at the Duo Music Exchange, which is a tiny live house. And it was certainly a concert. I guess uh, it was in a way a most wa- concerts are that way. <laughs> They're concerts usually. <laughs> it was kind of getting me prepared for the first Valkyrie gig in a way. Uh, I got there not when the doors open. Didn't really know what to expect. Didn't know what the crowd would be like. It's a tiny, tiny venue, and you've got the stage. You've got the pit in front of the stage, and then you've got the elevated area around the rest of it, like a horseshoe. And the pit and the stage, instead of being where people stand was all assigned seating only for fan club members and stuff. The rest of us were relegated to standing around these chairs in the horseshoe. It was yeah, packed. It, must have been crowded. Yeah. it was. It was packed. We are right up against the wall. Um, now, how do, my only real disappointment for the concert, which was the same as my only real concert, um, my only real disappointment with the Wow Cure concert, was that the, the music was all pre-recorded backing. It was just Haruka and some dancers. It's karaoke, basically. Basically, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, having said that, you know, it was her first gig, and, you know, I, I'm not... I don't know, is this a normal kind of career track? Because she got selected as Miss Macross 30 at the, around the end of 2012. Well, that right there is not normal. Oh, okay, from that starting point. <laughs> let, let's look at the progression here. 2013, okay. she's in Macross 30. She releases her first single. That was in 2013. Now, I know in between there, she's had singles galore with Shirobako and, and whatnot. She, had, she did a duet single with Maine for Aquarian Logos. But... Her debut single was 2013. Her first album didn't come out until earlier this year, 2016. Yeah. And now her first ever official full concert, when I say full concert, it was a small thing, was again 2016. Yeah. So, so that seems to be a very slow, like, slow It's very clip. spaced out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It depends on what other things she was doing at the time with regards to her own private life. Maybe she's still a student. I haven't, I, I actually don't know. So. But oh, she could be uni. I don't know. Yeah, so maybe she was trying to graduate. Maybe I, she was job hunting. <laughs> well, my the hunch I had was that possibly, you know, she's going more. She's gone more into voice acting. Like she, de- yeah, yeah, debuted as both both a voice actor and a singer with Macross Thirty. But she got that boost with Shirobako and a couple of other minor roles. Yeah, and she was good. Sense. She's following the career path of a voice actress more than say a say you no, sorry right. more, more than, than say than a singer sing. because uh, yeah there's a lot of voice actresses that don't get their first full album and first concert until well yeah years later right so, so that, that's the thing it seemed a little soon for a voice actress but late for a singer it was kind of somewhere in between mm. yeah um, but then again as you said Renato getting your career, career start from Miss Macross 30 isn't normal by any stretch of the imagination this song, uh, sorry, this song, this concert was her uh, debut live. Was called First Try, very uh, appropriate. Ap- appropriate name. Um, and she just released her album, which I believe was called Try. Uh, and this gig was basically her doing all the songs from the album, pretty much. Which led me to my my second somewhat disappointing part was, which was only one of her two Macross songs are on that album, which was Planet Cradle which is the opening to Macross 30. Wandering, which is the ending and the bridge music in Macross 30, was not uh, on the album and therefore not in the concert, which was a shame. But she did Planet Cradle live with her backup dancers and it was good. And 
I, it's, I've heard her do that live maybe three or four times now between Tokyo Game Show performances and fan club performances. Um, but she did everything from the album. And have you? Am I the only one here who's heard her album? Yes. Okay. Uh, I won't ask anyone their impressions of. I think it's a great album. It's, it's, there's a lot of 80s and 90s anime music influence in there. Really? Yeah. Um, I might check it out then. She there was you know some of her songs from from Shirobako was on there. There's a, a song she does called Break on Through, which is was on there. She had a double encore among other things. Um, and Break one of the songs on the on the um, album is called uh, Anata no Haruka san, so your Haruka. And the chorus is literally everyone saying, was it Haruka san? Haruka san? Not Haruka Chisuga, unfortunately, but close enough. And they all do their towels while yelling at, while singing her name. Oh, do they still do the towel thing? They still do the towel thing. I thought it was. Well, small venue. They weren't selling glow sticks. How big was the crowd? Like? Oh, well, it was packed and it was obviously idol fans from what I could see. Um, all voice actress fans, I guess. Uh, I didn't see many people there I knew from the regular Japanese Macross crowd. Well, then again, she, was, she only did one song. But. I was impressed at how the crowd, as usual, with larger singers, more renowned singers, they had all their movements down, they were all calling out to her. She performed well. I was flashing back to 2013 when she was first on stage at Tokyo Game Show and she seemed really... Nervous. Very nervous mm. and, and, and stuttery. And she was, she was great. She was dancing, she was singing. Uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah, um, I remember I saw her... Uh, through the live stream when mm. she did her debut at Tokyo Game Show and she was like even her voice was wavering mm-hmm. when she was performing not just when she was being interviewed mm-hmm. um, but yeah I remember she, she got better because we saw her didn't we somewhere She's... was she at the like the crossover live or was that before Microsoft 30 like I, the second I one I don't think she, no, she I don't think she was at the crossover live That's, I, well well, I mean, yeah, like I've heard her sing at several venues, like one or two songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I hope well, she'll be at the next, hopefully, Crossover Live, whatever it is, because Macross 30 definitely seems to have a fairly lasting legacy in terms of characters. Well, next year is the 35th anniversary, and we know that Megumi's uh, back out of retirement, and we know that uh, Mariajima is coming for Super Robo Spirits. And the only that one the that we know, about. only two so, we know might not be there would be Tomo Sakurai, I guess. Well, she but doesn't she sing, sing anyway. So. That's, no, well, on occasion. And uh, possibly the Macross 7, also uh, Kia Kajura. Yeah, yeah possibly. For, for adult. Adult mm-hmm. Um Adult circumstances. Adult circumstances. Actually, Tonight. see, Renato, I think the fact that Mario's coming over for Super Robot Spirits again this year kind of makes a crossover less likely to happen oh. unless they time it to coincide with her August trip she always does. Because normally she makes one trip a year in August. August. Yeah. It's not even August yet and you got that joke in. Um, whereas this means she'd have to make two trips already, potentially a third if the crossover is in between them. Now, if they did do a crossover live, I'd expect it to be summer, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, either way, Haruka Chizuka, it was, a, it was a good gig. Nothing... Mind-blowing, but Macross 30 Music Live is, is always fun.
only other concert I want to mention briefly. Uh, on October 22nd, jumping forward here, I went to a main concert. Now, I haven't been to a standalone main concert for a while. As she's gradually moved on from her macro stuff, I don't follow it as closely. However, I found out she's doing an orchestral gig, of all things. And uh, I was like, well, this sounds interesting. And the guy I work with, or used to work with, is a huge main fan. He's in the fan club. And I just mentioned to him in passing, uh, if you're going to get one of those tickets through the fan club, can you grab a second one? And he completely forgot about it. Apparently he applied, and the concert got closer. And I was like, hey, did you grab those tickets? And he was like, oh, crap, I think I did. <laughs> like, oh, okay, we've got, we got tickets then, cool. So we just went. Um, and I figured because it wasn't a a gig to coincide with a new album, that we might get more macro songs than normal. And I was right in that assumption. Um, it was a good lineup. We got like five macro songs overall, Frontier songs from Maine. <coughs> We got like Obelisk, we got Diamond Crevasse, we got Yorse, uh, AN, Northern Cross. We got one song from uh, Aquarian Logos. Uh, we got the opening to Valkyria Chronicles 3 on the PSP, which is a great song. And they all went down amazingly with like a, it was like at least a 40 piece orchestra. And for th- maybe three songs, they used the gigantic pipe organ that was built into the hall. Wow. So they did the opening for Obelisk on a pipe organ. And that was something else. <laughs> it was definitely a way I never expected to see the song. And at one point, uh, she did a mic drop and just did, uh, I think it was a chorus, just a cappella with no, no microphone, no uh, backing. No microphone? No, she just did. Because it was an orchestra hall, so the... The acoustics were really good, yeah. so she could do it. I mean, she wow. had to yell fairly hard, but she did it. Um, Obelisk went down amazingly. The song from Valkyria Chronicles, um, which I'm forgetting the name of. Where is it? I've got it written down here. It's, I like Yose. Uh, That's a really good song. Yeah. That, like She picked all the more ballady songs, obviously, yeah, yeah. to go with an orchestra. You know. Yeah, I don't think that... Uh, you know, it has a goggle. goggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although that would have been cool. Pink Monsoon. <laughs> Um, that's right. The, the songs. The, <laughs> don't give Kano Yoko ideas. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, is uh, the Valkyria. Valkyria uh, Chronicles If you wish song. it so. Yeah, it's a great song. And that is actually an orchestra, has an orchestral opening anyways. So yeah, well, you'd be surprised what works orchestral style. Um, I've, I've heard versions of Billie Jean orchestral and they're pretty cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think the standout was was Obelisk. I was glad to see, like, out of uh, 15 songs, a third of them were Macross. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was it was really good. I hope they release this on the Blu-ray, but again, with only 15 songs, who knows if they ever will. Could be one of those little curio gigs that never get replicated. Uh, for anyone wondering, it was held at uh, the Tokyo Metropolitan Theatre with the Tokyo New City Orchestra who were all very, very professional. And I was having flashbacks to when I heard Fukuyama with Jam Project do an orchestral gig. Oh, did you go to that? Oh, yeah. I wish I'd gotten the Blu-ray for that, because they only sold that through a limited website. Not Blu-ray, a DVD. Yeah, they... They have an album out, which is... They have the album, which isn't all of it. All of the concerts from memory. It's missing a few tracks. But I think they have either all of the concert or most of the concert, like the actual footage. Hmm. Uh, on a DVD that they only sold limited through that website. Oh, I And that's got the... Like, it's brilliant. The Transformer yeah, the trans- animated song is... Like, the show, I don't know. Like, I can take the, it The Transformer it, the, song the was great. The song is awesome. Yeah. 
Yep, the Transformers one went off great orchestrally. Although Fukuyama, on at least one song, he messed up three times. On yes, I remember, and that was, that was and, brilliant. And, and, the, and the the conductors <laughs> behind cheering. him, the conductors behind him, like tapping him with the yeah, wand, going, do, "Do it again, do it again." Um, that was a, uh, an interesting gig because like, again, it didn't have a single macro song, and most of the songs I didn't know. Yeah. Um, except for one or two of the Jam Project ones, but but, but yeah, Main didn't have any false starts. She was great the whole way she had a big she had a big flying gown on I've come across a couple of pictures from online media outlets so I'll put those up with the uh, the cast But that's the end of my recent musical adventures. So I want to throw it over to everyone else. What's been going on? Um, do you want me to talk about the uh, Crusher Joe screening? Sure. Sure. Crusher so, Joe is out on Blu-ray. Crusher Joe is finally out on Blu-ray. Oh my god, how I've waited for this. Because previously they had it out on DVD, which was some really, really terrible, terrible uh, conversion from... A VHS, I think. Like, it's not even laser disc quality. Like, I have it. Do you want it? It's a Frisbee now. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And then they bring out this Blu-ray, and it's not just a remaster. It's a 4K restoration. Um, and it, they had a... Like, it's still going on. For, throughout this whole month, uh, every Thursday, they have screenings at Toho Cinemas in Shinjuku. Uh, if you're in the area, go and check it out. Um, the one with the huge Godzilla one-to-one scale Godzilla or whatever it is. Uh, and it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I know Adrian's going to say that film is boring. He's like, it is! It All right, is I get, a boring I get it, I get it. I mean... But just the visuals alone is worth the admission price. Like, and The movie starts off, it looks great. Yes. After a while, it's just like, okay, it's polished, it looks great, and it just gets boring, boring until the Dirty Pear cameo. And you like perk up for Are a you bit, kidding me? and then you get back down. And then the movie's over at some point. No, I mean, it's like... The first time I saw it, I rented it on a VHS. Um, and uh, and I was like, when does this movie end? Like, we were watching that thing for hours and hours and hours. And we were just, like, having conversations and, like, not following the plot at all. Um, but it is a brilliant, brilliant um, work of animation. Right? Yeah. So if you're watching it for the effects and all that stuff, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, but they threw everything in there. There's so many crazy things. Uh, for example, uh, every every mecha design is by well, not every design, but every, most of them are from by different designers. And every alien design is by a different designer as well. Uh, and some of them are crazy people, like Otomo Katsuhiro, mm-hmm. director of Akira, designed an alien. Um, Takemiya Keiko, the oh. writer of um, Terae, t- Toward the Terra, she designed an alien as well, and like it's it's, it's really crazy. Um, 
And there's some things that you pick up on, on the 4K that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise if you'd seen it any other way, including the original theatrical release, because this is clearer and sharper and brighter. Uh, they did a lot of color correction uh, to make it match the actual cells. Uh, so, for example, I learned that... I don't know how technical you want to go. Uh, like In the mid-70s, they developed this uh, carbon copy technology to, instead of hand-tracing the... Uh, the pencil line keyframes onto yeah. the cells by hand, by ink, which was the traditional way of doing it. Uh, in the mid-70s, they introduced uh, that carbon copy thing, which is like, when you know in the olden days when you when you have a check and you go on that machine yeah. thing? Basically, if you have a yeah. cell from and, that era, yeah. they're all blue. Like, the lines are blue and decomposing quicker than lines the that blue, are drawn. Uh, well, the, I thought it was the, like brown. Well, like, they start to oxidize, basically. Yeah. And so they, they get... Uh, the color fades, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, but only on those versions. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, for some reason, it was it was filmed on a different... Um, it wasn't filmed. Like, how, how do I explain it? Uh, did, the cells that they used were different uh, aspects uh, cells. They weren't regular uh, TV anime cells. And therefore, they couldn't go through that carbon machine. The movie is from 1983, so by that point, that technology had already been um, uh, been used as standard. But they had to go back to the old style and ink everything by hand. So it was hand-traced, uh, which means that if you grab those cells, they still look as fresh today as they did back in the day. Uh, that's why if you go back to like 1960s Astro Boy cells, they still look fantastic. They haven't degraded because it's Indian ink. Um, that's all. <laughs> so on screen if you see it on screen it, it just looks brilliant it doesn't yeah. there's no there's no, there's no de- degradation I, there I saw it at the cinema myself two years ago three years ago before they'd done the 4k restoration and I was impressed with it on the big screen I mean it, it is a slow movie uh, but this being the box set of course it has the OVAs as well it's not just the movie but I just tested 10 minutes of the movie when the, the yeah, box came yeah. in and I was like this reminds me of like when I watched the Japanese release of Bubblegum Crust for the first time, and that you can see some of the cells moving in some shots. Yeah, like, right, right. Like you can see the outline, but of a the car. shadow. Yeah, yeah, it's like this is obviously like it's that clear. Yeah, yeah. There's one scene where uh, there's a long shot of um, a car on an elevated expressway, and it's zooming out, but it's not zooming out; it's actually pulling out, uh, which means that they've done like a superimposure. Uh, they've mixed two uh, two things together, so you can tell because there's outlines there. Um, of course, in the old days, they would look at that and say, "Ah, oh, see, it doesn't look. It looks fake," you know. But that's that's interesting for me because you you tend to um, just pick out the differences between the between those kind of shots and the other shots. Uh, so I was entertained just by looking at it that way. Uh, also, the original release was also quadraphonic, so there's four channels, and this Blu-ray recreates that. Two, uh, it doesn't have a five point one mix, which is interesting. Hmm. But um, but yeah, this was this it, was, it was originally stereo, right? When no, uh, no, it was, it was four, uh, four channels. Well, so the box comes with the OVAs, two OVAs, the movie, an extra disc with another copy of the movie <laughs> on it. On it, yeah. What is that? Uh, so there's uh, there's two versions of the movie. One of them is the uh, regular box size, and the other one is the uh, um, kind of widescreen version. They used the widescreen version in the, the screenings at Toho Cinemas in Shinjuku. Okay. Um, yeah. 
And then it comes then, with a big book. And also, one and a half hours or something of uh, Yasuhiko and Rune Sasaki and uh, Takachiho. Well, Rune Sasaki could definitely talk for an hour and a half by herself. <laughs> you don't need anyone else with her for that. And, uh, and Take, uh, Takemura, I think is his name. Like the, I forgot the name of the main voice actor for Joe, Crusher Joe. Uh, so they're all talking for hours and hours. And I mean, for me, it's really, really insightful and really great. And you're right, she does... I mean, she's basically the one that leads all the conversation because they're three old guys. They don't want to talk. You know what they're like, right? They're like, oh, I don't know, what are we going to talk about this thing? It's like 40 years old, man. <laughs> and she's like, well, let's have some fun. Yeah. She's a huge fan of her own work. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, yeah, so one thing I forgot to mention. She mentioned Macros World Convention well, how? at Give the screening. Some, yeah, let's she was a guest context. at the screening. Um... She uh, she was there this week, and she was there last week, too. I don't know if she was there for the first week of the screenings. I think there's three or four, so there should be one more next week. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so she, so I went last week, and um, she, there was a photo opportunity. She was dressed as Santa Claus or Mrs. Claus or whatever, um, and you could take a photograph with her next to the Crusher Joe posters, uh, and then put that up on online media or whatever. And she, after the movie was over, she had a very, very, very quick, um, so what do you guys think? I mean, I think Crusher Joe is great. And then she unwrapped this huge, huge banner which said, Happy Birthday, uh, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko. Because it was oh, his birthday, birthday, like the day before or the day after or sometime that week. Uh, and so everyone in the theater had to fit into this photograph. <laughs> and they took a photo, and it's online somewhere, if you look around so he, for he it. was there, like he wasn't... He busy. wasn't there, no, no, no. Was, oh, the message was for him. It's for him, but he wasn't there but for he his wasn't own there. message. Because he's, he's only got one year to do that next Gundam The Origin episode. Because <laughs> there's a fifth and a sixth one, but we don't really know the format, but there's a year between them. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. So the first four episode arcs finished, and... Yeah, he, well, was, he was looking at all before it started, but he's aged during that show. I can only imagine has. the pressure. He's gotten very round. <laughs> Rotund. He looks like Haro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Even I know what Haro looks like. Oh, good. Very good, very good. Uh, but yeah, so the Blu-ray is great. Uh, the, the the extras book that comes with it is yeah. great. I find it's uh, it goes is a good companion piece to the designer's notebook that came out Yes, recently. they're both great books. Um, now... And I'm half misremembering this, but right around this time, this is this always happens with me. I bought a overly expensive Japanese Blu-ray, and then something gets relicensed in the U.S. because Crusher Joe, yeah, but on it's DVD not. at least was just announced, license rescued for the U.S. And apparently, there's a Blu-ray to follow, but that's unconfirmed. They, okay, they said but like I mean, it's okay. Forgive me if I'm wrong, and it's probably gonna be the same master. It's I hope so, but I don't think it's going to come with the books and everything. Mm. Uh, so if you, I know it doesn't have subtitles and everything, but if you really care about Trusted Joe and the production design and things like that, you should get this uh, this set. It's really, really good. How much is it? 20000 It's actually not that bad. It comes with the, Blu- uh, with the uh, OVAs too, like Gwyn said. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she mentioned Macros World Convention because she said, uh, well, as you know, I've been uh, going to and fro Seattle and Los Angeles and, you know, I was very surprised that a lot of um, foreigners, foreign fans in foreign lands, 
love Crusher Joe. And everyone was like, oh, they love Crusher Joe. Oh, and they were so surprised. Um, she also mentioned me. <laughs> so, I, so I had to stand up in front oh, of no. people. Um, See, there's a foreigner right there. There's a foreigner right there. He likes it, don't you? <laughs> and you weren't wearing your speaker podcast hoodie, damn it. No, I was not. Uh, I had come straight from work. I, ru- I didn't even think I was going to make it. I rushed from Yokohama just for that thing. Um, but it was cool because then, because people noticed me then, uh, someone came up to talk to me afterwards. And you know who it was? It was Takayama Tsutomu, the voice actors, actor, not actress. Uh, for Hibiki Kanzaki from Macros 2, who was guest of honor at, uh, or, or just guest, I don't know. He was a guest at Macros World Convention this year. Via video. Via video. Via, video. <laughs> Via message. So he, um, he said, uh, hey, so how did, uh, how did Macros World Convention work out? And I'm like, I didn't go either, man. <laughs> oh, you could have, but. I you chose no, to I stay have. in Oizumi Gakuen. I, I I wish I'd, I'd gone. <laughs> oh, that's not the best You said you had a cell because of the cell painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I met uh, Matsumoto Leiji the other day, so that's kind of cool. Wait, 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 wait. Anyway, what? So moving on. <laughs> Oizumi Gakuen reminded me. So yeah. well, at least you know Macross Worldcom was uh, mentioned. I mean, that's nice way to end an era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> she she didn't announce that it was the end. She just said, uh, there's oh, this, yeah. you know, there's this uh, huge gathering of fans, and uh, they have Macros World Convention. Well, it's written in the history books now. Yeah. So what's, what about Ma- Leiji Matsumoto? Uh, yeah, so Leiji Matsumoto, uh, he's a cool guy. He made Harlock yeah. and Yamato. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Why? Where did you come across him? <laughs> well, I'm working on a project right now. I can't oh, okay. really talk about it. But, okay. but he was... Um, like, last time I met him was, like, three years ago for this symposium, which I may may not have talked about, I don't remember. Um, and uh, and he had said to me... Like, we talked about manga and stuff, and he'd said to me, uh, show me your work! And so, you know, I met him the other day, and I was like, hey, you said you wanted to see my work, so I had some scribbles, like, on my notebook, and he's like, oh, okay. Not oh. bad, not bad. <laughs> so, there you go. I just remember when... Um, I also met Hayama Junichi. Okay. Who's an animator? He's uh, right now. I think he's key animator on uh, Tiger Mask W, which I watch. I oh, do. Yep, every week. It's pretty cool, right? It's. It, I mean, it's like, kind of budget, but it's settled into its niche. It's like a watching yeah, a B grade yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. But, like the direction is pretty good. Um, the actual visual, well, yeah. The palette is what I have a problem with. This is like the most rambling podcast ever. I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, so well, you, you had a brush with with a famous voice actor, and I think Adrian had a brush with a famous voice actress. Yeah, recently. All right, yeah. This past Tuesday, I was carrying on about my usual Tuesday kind of things, and I went down to Ginza to meet up with Tenjin because he had to get his uh, Apple Pen. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> his Don't start. Apple it. Pen. Um, I have a pen. The, I have a pen. <laughs> <laughs> um, the tip of his Apple Pen has worn out. Can you believe it? He's actually worn it out to where you actually see the metal sensors. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of Valkyries. Yes. So he had to get a, <laughs> he had to get a pack of replacement um, tips. And we were in Ginza. And he said there was somewhere else he wanted to stop by, which was a... Uh, what do you call it? Shodo? Shodo? Calligraphy uh, calligraphy exhibit. exhibit. 
as a gallery by the producer of Soccer Wars, and that is Hiroshi Aoji. I want to say that, yeah. Yeah. So they're friends, and so it wasn't like Soccer Wars artwork or anything. It was just kanji, different types of kanji, different types of brushes, and it was in Ginza, so it was, you know, highbrow. And we were in there, and we <laughs> got to meet, um, you know, got, met him, talked to him. He was explaining all the different artwork. And a couple other people came through, but we were on our way out. And on the way out, Tenjin looked at the sign-in book, because when you came in, you actually had to sign in with the brush. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. So I had to do that for my first time. Wow. And it was kind of cool, because you... It, well, it was kind of like saying, being in Japan for like one week, and saying... Ah, uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so so yeah, everyone like read it. Oh, you're so great. You're it's you're, you're this first time you used the brush. I'm like, yeah, oh, this is like you're so good. This is like perfect. This yeah, is perfect. I feel like a tourist, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then they're talking about like, oh yeah, when you actually first learn, you have to just draw the draw three straight lines yeah. for three years. Yeah. Like yeah. until you move on. I was like, yeah, it's a bunch of BS. Yeah, no, the most <laughs> difficult thing is to draw a the, straight line. Yeah, the yeah. the candy for one, which is just a straight line. Yeah, it's the, his instructor was saying they do the you know three. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so he noticed the name of the book, and he's oh, and he ran over to somebody, and it happened to be um, Hidaka Noriko. And who might that be? Well. I mean, she has an extensive career, but if you are a huge Southern Cross fan, <laughs> raise your hands. Anyone? Anyone? No. She she debuted as a voice actress as Musica in Southern Cross. Wow! Wow! I actually did not know that. Yeah. Well, according to Wiki, she did. Oh, <laughs> I still don't know. That, Let's ask Wiki Sensei. <laughs> yeah. So, and she's also Akane in Ronma One Half. Um, she was the older sister in Totoro, but most importantly, she is Noriko from Gamba. from Gunbuster and Musica were the same voice actress. No. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of shocking. And that was just a random, like, you know, because you're at, like, this gallery, so it's just kind of like, hello, hi. you're minding your P's and Q's kind of thing. But because it was the producer of Sakura Tyson's gallery, 
the name didn't hit me right away because, you know, her intention are talking about being voice acting and they were both recently on Gowro. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, I worked on Gowro. I do Gowro. And um, so <clears throat> because it was a, they all, he had worked with her on Sega, um, Sakura Tyson. Mm-hmm. She's all, I was in Sakura Tyson 3. Erica, Erica, Erica. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, I knew who that character was, long hair. And because um, I used to have Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until after we left, it was like, oh, my God, that she was Noriko. Then I would have geeked out like hardcore <laughs> and asked for a picture or whatnot. It's probably a good thing you didn't know then. Yeah. But Tenjin was <laughs> like, she is like top list seiyu. Hmm. And I was like, I believe you. Believe you. <laughs> so that was this week. Uh, oh, the guy's <laughs> name Oji Hiroi. So if you ever want to see his works uh, out there. Yeah. Not just soccer wars, but like you were saying, calligraphy, a lot of stuff. He's called a multi-creator, just like Shoji Kawamori. What was the name Kawamori goes with? His Vision creator. Vision creator. Yeah, vision, yeah. Amazing stuff, too. It's a very small gallery. It's free, um, but it's amazing Still? stuff. Yeah, at it started this week. And it's going to the 18th. Yeah. And you never so know. That's like tomorrow. A Sunday. Oh, the day after tomorrow. And no, it's know. not because it's the end of the year. That day's passed by now, gentlemen. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let me get my DeLorean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dead. Oh, I went to the Back to the Future event as well. I'll talk about that later. Right? Oh. Sorry, please continue. Well, yeah, you go to those kind of events that have nothing to do with anime, but they have to do with people in the industry. You always meet people. Yeah, there's a, a tiny addendum. Yeah, a few weeks before that, we were at a friend's barbecue, and a voice actor turned up by the name of Chafurin, mm. who, like everyone we know, we're hanging out with at this barbecue, is freaking out. This is, you know, older guy, uh, voice actor. And they're like, he's in Chibiko Maruko, he's in Chibi Maruko-chan, and he was in Rama Half. Escaflone. Um, that's, don't spoil my story. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's giving me all these anime. I'm like, no, I don't care. Do you want to get a photo with him? No, not really. I'm eating. It's a barbecue. I got meat to eat. Uh, but I then, got meat to eat. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, you know, I'm scrolling through his list on Wiki. I'm like, wait, he was the mole man yeah. in Escaflone. I'm getting a picture with this dude. And I ran up, and I was like. You you did do the mole man, didn't you? He's like, I haven't heard anyone talk about that role in ages. Yes, I did. And everyone's like, wait, how do you know that? I'm like, it's it's the mole man. Come on. He, he sort of looks like him. He actually does kind of look like him now. And he really? talks like him naturally like that in real life. But he, I mean, he does have, as the mole man, he does have a typical voice that you would recognize. In like like a semi-drunk Japanese salaryman. <laughs> That's the mole man's voice. And that's how he talks normally. And he was drinking at this barbecue, so it was perfect. I haven't seen that show in a long time. I, I've got, Maybe I'm misremembering it. got the Blu-ray. Um, yeah. So, Adrian, I, you uh, got a follow-up to that, I believe. Uh, not a follow-up, but the week before, because um, it's the end of the year, and everyone's doing the Bonin Kai end-of-the-year parties. Mm-hmm. Um, we, well, I know, I've this is my first year going. You went last year. I went year. last year. You've gone before to the Buichi Terasara's um, Bonin Kai. Uh-huh. You've creative. never been before? No, I never went until this year. Oh, really? I and went they, twice. Mm. Um, not this year, unfortunately. I couldn't the, make it. Which yeah. Terasawa being the creator of Cobra? And, uh, yeah, I didn't go this year because, like, I was working on a certain Blu-ray series because it was my turn to work. 
And Adrian's turn to take a break, which is yeah. awesome. So I'll go next year. Yeah. I'll let you work on Blu-rays But next see, year. I went... <laughs> I went to network and then just experienced it because it looked pretty cool from what I've seen the last few years, everyone going. But I took something special because, you know, you can bring stuff to sign. Mm -hmm. And I won a bunch of stuff. I won, like, a signed art card and, you know, you get the little goodie bag. But I bought, (laughs) I brought with me an original TV version Poppy Turtle. Wow. Toy. It's like Case Fresh. It's right over there. (laughs) Right behind the... Back is it a turtle or a tortoise? It's a turtle. Turtle go. Yeah. So I brought that to get that signed. And, you know, I got it signed. And everyone in the place was, like, I was holding it, would stop me. Like, oh, where would you get that? That's, like, so rare. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, give a lot of good food, alcohol. The people that showed up are mostly in the anime industry, yeah. long industry. Mm-hmm. But ran into somebody that's in neither industry. Which happened to be a Japanese AV star. Was he dressed in the cat suit? And... No, no, no. no she actually of else went dressed as the uh, the yeah. the animal girls from from Gokken Midnight Eye. The, yeah, right. Uh, with the laser in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She no. was that. But. but no, I went there and uh, I actually saw a couple other. There was a few other foreigners there, maybe like two or three. Yeah, because he's pretty. Yeah, he's yeah. really big in Europe, much like much more Leiji. And it's yeah. it, it's actually people I've seen over the years that. Kind of started getting not they weren't um, like in research, but they actually started by proxy selling stuff. Okay, and they've gotten into jobs, whether it's toys or localization. And for some reason, all of, everyone there that was foreigner all said the same thing. Hey, how's it going? I don't know, pretty good. Yeah, I, I didn't know you knew anybody here. I'm like, oh yeah, I know some manga kind of. They all said, "Did you see that Hitomi Tanaka's here?" And I was like, what? The AV star. So like all foreign guys. <laughs> <clears throat> all the foreign attendees that I talked to, they all pointed out that there was an AV star in the room. Wow. Yeah. What? This is a great Help podcast. Telling. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to fight the stereotypes of foreigners yeah. in Tokyo, aren't they? It was pretty interesting <laughs> okay. that that was the main topic after introduction. Wow. And also some manga artist. I don't know who that is. He's over there in the corner. Like, they all got their picture, you know, with Teresawa. Yeah. You know, because he's sitting in the middle of the room and you get up, take a picture with them. But that was, like, their main thing. I went and got a picture with Hitomi Tanaka. <laughs> And everyone's like, where is she? Over there. And then you go over there and like, oh, hi, hello. And like, like she speaks English. And she would just be like, yeah, I don't know anybody here. <laughs> well, knowing what Terasawa's like and how he loves bringing as many ladies to his party yeah. as possible, I'm sure that's how she got an invite. Yeah. You know, he started off as a shoujo manga artist. <laughs> would love Put to that see into some of that artwork there. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that side by side with the other stuff he is now. I mean, it's not unheard of. I mean, like, this is a man no. who's famous for drawing butts and then somehow yeah. putting a figure around he the would, butt. You know, he st- <laughs> he started off as a shoujo manga artist, and uh, they kept sending him away. They were like, "You're you're no good. You you can't draw shoujo manga." And he's like, well, "Why not?" And he's like, "Because you don't understand how women think." <laughs> got a point the editor there. is basically said, <laughs> True. Yeah, start again and it's like I'll just think like a man and then he was successful for the rest of his life there you go moral well, of the that story was, that was a great mm-hmm. interesting night got to meet and network with a lot of new people cool. next year and the week before that 
I didn't meet anybody special, but I went to dinner with some friends, mm-hmm. and we're all at this bar where you're sitting at this real narrow <laughs> bar. We're sitting at this narrow bar, right? Yeah. And it's like me and these two other friends, we're just sitting there talking, but the way we had a seat, we had a seat next to each other at this bar, and on the other side is people facing you. And this guy comes up, sits across from us, and he comes with this girl. And he had been in his 50s, and she had to be like 20, 27 or whatever. I like him already. And, uh, and we just kind of noticed him, like, oh, yeah, older guy, younger girl. And, uh, and she was like, the to- he was the talking one, and she was, just, everything was, hold on this name, hold on. I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just like, all right. He gives her a gift, and, I'll, and I'm just sitting there going, guy must be rich. I'm like, lucky guy. And we're all just kind of like talking, talking. And we start like doodling on paper, right? On and paper and napkins? Uh, na- napkins. We just get like a napkin. And I start drawing a, a VF2, um, uh, VF1S head. And I messed up. My friend's all, what are you drawing? A toilet seat? And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what was said. That was a VF2S, right? No, I was a VF, <laughs> VF1S. I was drawing a VF1S. And I, drew, and I drew the head too long. So with the two like turrets going up, it yeah. looked like a toilet seat. Yeah. So I was like, oh, right, never mind. I'm going to start over. And I did it. You know, from the visor up instead. You're, you're going to the head. Yeah, so I start with the head, then the body or whatever. And then as we're all talking, all of a sudden, the guy across the table with the young girl is all telling her, that's the VF1 <laughs> That was Fokker. And then he starts talking to us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, we, all, we work with this property and doing stuff. And he's like, oh, wow, well, wow, well, talking. And then the girl's like, oh, I, I, I only know Frontier. And then he's like, oh, you don't know this? No, no, I know Cheryl Gnome. I like Cheryl Gnome. And so you get this young guy, young girl dating this older guy that is their first time talking Macross. Yeah. The, <laughs> and the show that transcends space, space and, and time. time. And generations. <laughs> and then, Bring um, so it was this weird conversation. Yeah. And I'm the only <laughs> one that could talk to both of them because I could talk to, I show her my phone case. I'm like, I got Cheryl Gnome on my phone. And like, so I got something to talk to her about, him about, and then right after then, they're like, okay, we went on back to our conversations, and like he got up and he's like, all right, nice talking to you, left, and then we had got like, we were sharing like a bottle of wine mm-hmm. between the, like, between our group, and the waitress came and said, oh, he paid for your wine. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, so... Is he, but you didn't know if he was an industry guy or anything. I don't think he was. He didn't introduce himself as anyone in the industry. He just watched the show during the original airing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, and he, of course he saw uh, Do You Remember Love? Yeah. And he knew there was like some other stuff, but his time was, was that. Yeah. You know? But he remembers it. And he saw that I drew it. And he's like, oh, you're such a good drawer. You draw really good. And I was just like, it's just a napkin and I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, now you got, you, you got free wine out of it, so... Yeah, so it's been an interesting four weeks since I got back from um, being in the States. So mm. um, so one thing that I think at least more than one of us have been to would be the, what was it called, the Mega Hobby Expo? Ah, uh, but I wasn't here. Oh, you weren't no, here. No, I was here, I just didn't go. <laughs> okay, so I went, Egan, you dropped by. That's right. Yeah. Renato, you didn't drop by? I have no idea what you're talking about, sorry. <laughs> tell Renato what we're talking what about. Every year, Mega Hobby, which is one of the many Bandai Group companies that does toys and uh, game machine uh, prizes, 
they do an event over in Occupy, the UDX building, showing off their upcoming year's uh, products. And one of the things they showed off, but a planning sale by limited order, something that you're going to be picking up. Right. Well, first of all, this, so this was November 26th. It was right. over in Occupy at the UDX building. And normally, like the only times I've gone in the past, uh, Adrian's recruited me to help shop for people because they have event exclusives. This time, they didn't have any event exclusives for sale because normally you have to line up from like 6 or 7 in the morning to get one of these exclusives. And it was freezing. I'm like, I wasn't going to do that. Uh, I got there well after the doors opened and there's no one there. Like, well, there's a few people in there looking around, but it's relatively empty. And it's because they had one or two exclusives, which they opened up for sales online from the day of the event. Um, And then they ship in February. One of which was... And I'm gonna get this. It's a Midnight Smoke SDF one, which was this kind of it's it's a reissue of the Mega House Cosmo Fleet SDF one, mm-hmm. which was a great little toy. Um, yeah, I have one. It's pretty cool. But but then this yeah. is like a kind of semi clear smoky. It's basically color. Nemesis Prime. <laughs> if anyone is a, a yeah, but at least it's of the right version Shattered of the TV glass. show. Um, yeah, but they had some. There was it's like um, ultraviolet. If you shine a black light on it, the light up kind of thing. And they also say like that, that oh, even stickers, in, under right? night time, yes, it's also glow in the dark as glow well. Dark so too, black yeah. light, if you want special glow, but also glows in the dark without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. I'm still debating whether it's or original. Not. Certainly, like, I like change from the norm. <laughs> it's, it's not like we're like overcrowded with SDF ones or anything though. But not necessarily the TV series version. That's no, yeah, that's kind of cool. I'm just wondering where the inspiration for this thing came from. You know, it's like <laughs> that's why make a dink money <laughs> is uh, if it was done in a different way, it would have been like you remember, even though it's from the movie when the opening sequence, yeah, yeah coming yeah. out of the uh, uh, no, the shadow. Yeah, so you're saying but, it should have been black, but with little red accents and things like that, and people would buy that, wouldn't they? Maybe, yeah, yeah like. There are people who are buying the model kits from uh, that just just came out for the movie version and doing some wonderful work with it with uh, lights and fiber optics. Yeah, I mean that, mm-hmm. that's one thing that we could talk about. Um, Adrian and Egan and I went to here downstairs. They had yeah. this show with the all these model kits that had Dorof. Dorof. Oh, okay. Well, before, just to say this was the real only thing Macross thing at. The Mega House. That's right. <laughs> they had it there. They the Mega had, House or Mega Hobby? Oh, Mega Hobby, sorry. Yeah. But the, the toys by Mega House, right? Yeah. yeah. It was. Um, except they had this awesome new upcoming Moriyuki figure from Yamato 2199 oh, in obviously. a nose art yes. figure, which is like, you know, for Cheryl and Ranker, they yeah, did they figures did of nose art. Yeah, cool. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, that's, isn't that how you always thought of Moriyuki? Uh, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting true. this figure. Anyways, um, Dorof, which, yeah. Dorof. Um, well, I, I mean, I don't know how often they do it. They do it. Like Adrian is probably more well versed than I am. They just have uh, dioramas and things, which are this time they're all lit up with uh, fiber optics. Well, not so all of so them. There are there are always Most of people them. who do them. Yeah. No, but this this time that was a kind of a theme uh, that they would mostly have lights. And every hour or so, I guess they would turn off the lights for about five or ten minutes, and it looked really cool. Especially yeah, the, really the cool. Jurassic Park. Yeah, that guy oh. does something special every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last year they had one, the same guy had a thing where you, there were just little people, and you look in it, and mm-hmm. it's the uh, the scope 
of uh, from the Gundam, from the original Gundam, and it moves, uh, goes toot, 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 it locks on to the, the char. How, yeah, I mean, that, um, and that's 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 really cool. Like the idea, yeah, the imagination that you would need to have to to plan out something like that is really cool. Most people just stick with just doing some fiber optics. Guys like that, light sounds from the original uh, anime or movie animatronics basically moving stuff yeah yeah if they ever would... do like a miniature Disney world he would be the Imagineer <laughs> they would call upon oh that's what they didn't have this year last last year <laughs> the dream catcher with figment yeah exactly. last year they, into imagination. they had the whole rescue island for Thunderbirds and oh, everything oh, worked wow. like it actually came out from under the pool wow, and that everything it was like this whole mountainside you know if Cowboy ever came that would be the thing he'd be uh, geeking out of because as a kid yeah Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds was his was thing. thing yeah well like, oh. this year and they did have a bunch of a couple of SDF1s on display right yeah they had SDF1s they had um like the uh, the macros not the what's the one from Delta Elysian Elysian oh the um, tiny little the tiny one it's amazing it's how much they got the lights in there but yeah but it was that, it was pretty cool. literally that Elysium came out like two weeks before the show <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing so they, they'd they taken did. the uh, the Minmay model kit that recently came out Max and, Factory and, and there's a scene a, in the movie the when stage, uh, yeah. she first rises up in the stage ready to belt out the finale song and <laughs> belt out the <laughs> okay yeah she's like a lounge singer who knows okay uh, like, and then <laughs> the uh, display and the, the stage below her is translucent and it glows out the UN spacey symbol that person mm-hmm. was able to recreate that as a yeah. model. It was yeah. just kind so, of Gwen, you have to put up those photographs now. They're already up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. They've been up. Yeah. No, I mean, like in the in the show. Notes, in the show. Okay. I mean, they're already up on the website. The cool thing is about being uh, having that downstairs. It's a about every two three weeks. There's a model show of a ama- oh, uh, equally amazing dioramas. Like there was one maybe a couple of weeks ago where it was uh, Max Emilia. In the respective VF one Valkyrie and uh, body, uh, the, the, her female armor, it was like completely all outfitted. You can see inside the cockpits. Melee had just jumped out of her cockpit. It was an amazing diorama. See, yeah, I was gone. I think during that one, that's the one they had the VF two S's, right? Yes, VF two S's done up in Hikaru's and Roy Folker's colors. So it was amazing. Yeah, we wow. must have had, but at Doro Off, we had at least four SDF ones. At least like, it was crazy. SDF fours. Yeah, like some Global. of them you can see inside the ship uh, with the city inside with all the lights and even the yeah dome. yeah it was yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Stuff. And one of them, like we're talking about the opening sequence of Do You Remember Love and coming out of the night. Uh, with the lights, that was basically what he tried. To, yeah, that oh, person did. Well, that's right. And someone made the um, the custom Prometheus. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's really, it's oh, really the work in progress one. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yes. It's really rough, but yeah, such <laughs> promise. Like you, you want to see it? It's completed. like it's going to be huge. It's the size of a human arm, pretty much. Yeah. A large man's human arm, as opposed oh. to his bionic arm. I think it's made out of cardboard. I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's it really rough. I want to say, like, what scale did you think it was? It's like the old candy toys for Macross. Yeah, that's cardboard. You can see uh, the Destroid. He's made, it, made a Prometheus about that scale. So I want to say one five hundred scale, maybe. So yeah. it's huge. Yeah. But yeah, there are a bunch of stiff ones, a bunch of Yamato stuff. Which the interesting thing was that one or two people do their take on what they thought the Andromeda would look like in Yamato two two zero two, which begins in February. And then, literally days after the show, they revealed the designs of the, the Andromeda. Oh, it's like, guys, couldn't you have shown us these sooner? So, let's uh, address the pink elephant in the room, shall we, guys? We've been talking about toys for a bit here. There have been a bunch of toy announcements as of late. 
particularly over the past couple of days. Well, where, where, where on earth do I begin with, with this? Uh, you know, we, we mentioned toys in general, anything that's a licensed Japanese product. Uh, well, before we go on, I know we don't have too much to uh, but there's all these high metal toys that have come out recently. Yeah. Like the VF1J uh, white one came out, and the VF1J blue one came out. Where are they? I haven't seen them. I can tell you where they're at. Yeah? Yeah, go to Akiba X. They've yeah. got like 10 of them. What's that? Give it the X? blue one. Oh, it's Which in the radio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's that one. There's one in the station. Mm-hmm. There's. Is that if you one? Want to buy, if you want to get a next, they have a next right now for like nine thousand eight hundred. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. No, for that right. price, you do. Um, uh, anyway, but what anyway, was your point? Well, my point has been completely destroyed by Adrian. They're apparently available, but I, they are. And then I mean, the prices are even, well. The Max is available. I think the Miria was well, mail order. Yeah, so it's not yet so out there. Mail order? Yeah, yeah. Like I've got Miria on order, but I went and bought Max at a shop like a few weeks back. The... How much was it? It was just standard retail. How much is that? I don't know. Oh my god! Last, when I went there yesterday, was like nine thousand eight hundred was the yeah. Max, and then you, there's places that's slightly lower. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I paid I, for. It. I got that I, I and the one J as well because I saw one in Mandarake uh, for seven thousand, and it said unopened. Uh, but I actually didn't have the cash at the time. Oh. I didn't even have that much. No, they have broke uh, I think because the the reason they're still around is because it's another one J, yeah. uh, regardless of really? the color. Because they reached, they put out the one J with the armored. Now they've released the one J by itself. Yeah. Um, plus, that was already released under the high metal R when it came out years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Minus so, the R. Right? Yeah, minus the R. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> the it, it's not one that everyone has to buy, so I think that's why you're mm. still seeing them. So I think the cannon fodder as well, I'm, I keep seeing that on shelves. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one that no one is interested in, so that's the one that I actually have, because I managed to get that one. Ironically, yeah. it's the one that has the most engineering on top of it, because of the yeah. two heads, the telescoping in and out of the eye sensor in the head. Oh, the Max doesn't have any uh, oh, because it's specifically the VF1A because they wanted to make the TV and the movie. Oh, uh, right, right, right. So, like, yeah, that's we, the only one I don't own. I've got them all. Uh, like, yeah, segue, like the so we're gonna like segue into like Nissan models or something like that. We're gonna uh, segue into something, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, as I was saying, we we normally stick to you know legitimate licensed Japanese toys because we're in Japan and Japan is where Macross is for reasons we're all well aware of. However, there's been a few toys re- announced recently which have Macross plastered all over them and are not officially Japanese licensed Macross goods. Now, this doesn't mean they're bootlegs or knockoffs, because as we know, Harmony Gold has the merchandising rights for Macross outside of Japan. And they've been known in the past to slap a Macross logo in Japanese on to a product and make a Macross product. And they can do this for the TV series and for Do You Remember Love? Yeah, so when you say that, you have to uh, differentiate by saying Macross. They're, no. they're slapping on the Macross logo. Well, if you do it, if you do that by ADV dub, it's the Macross. Macross. <laughs> oh, my God. It okay. may cross over into the US. It may not. Uh, so, yeah, what's been announced? What's been announced and who's making them? Uh, well, I mean, the, it's Kids Logic, and originally it was a third-party toy that was... Which gained an official license to resell it as a Robotech toy, and that was the One J. Mm-hmm. Then they announced the One S, and now they're these were the chibi ones. Are you talking about the chibi ones? That's yeah. not Kids Logic. That's Kids Concept. Kids Concept. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah. everyone on social media too is getting confused with these. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're dealing with the these same. two Chinese yeah. companies. We're not used to dealing with. So it started out with Kids Con- 
Contents. Yeah. Kits contents. Concepts? Concepts. Kit concepts. <laughs> Casey. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and they, JoJo. Yeah. So they put out Sorry, a then. third-party toy originally. Then um, I heard a story, and somehow they got um, official licensing. And from? From Harmony Gold. And they have, you know, introduced the 1J Hikaru, or Rick, Rick. Hunter. Then they showed, I think, for the 1S, and then they, sh- last one they showed was the uh, Max 1J. And these are all these super deformed, uh, yeah, the joke machine looking yeah. things. Which, ha- which yeah. already came out last year under their third party. Yeah, and yeah. some people got, but it wasn't a really widespread release because they didn't see so many reviews, I think. Well, which were but these were... Chinese third-party ones normally do get a large... Uh, only the no, Transformer toy base gets really, really behind the third-party stuff. I guess, but I mean, a lot of people bought that SDF... Uh, Macros. Macros. <laughs> Was that by the same group? I don't know. I don't think so. No, it wasn't. It was no, it a different. Wasn't. It was. Uh, I forgot the name. And that toy wasn't built too bad. You know, no, people uh, like it. Yeah. But, yeah. But again, even that toy is not. Uh, that you know, big West licensed, you know, licensed product. Yeah. Um, and then, as of recent, they put. <laughs> they, I think it was during. Ah, Tokyo Comic Con. We're on our way to Tokyo Comic Con, and you're sharing me the, the announcement for their one two thousand, one three thousand, something like that. SDF one TV version, the Robotech one we all know and love, which mm-hmm. is not, the one we all know and love, because it's actually based off of the Hasegawa kit, which is, a kit bash of the Do You Remember Love, kit that they do have licensing for. They went to Big West and said, we want to put out a Macross class cruiser with Daedalus and Prometheus. Can we get the licensing? And that was sold as a limited. So it's not the TV version. because it's it has not the movie version either. It's not the movie version, not the TV version. It's their own original take, take on a Macross class cruiser. When you say they, right now you're talking about Hasegawa. Hasegawa. Yeah, this so is Hasegawa Hasegawa. got licensed to make their own original Macross class cruiser with Daedalus and Prometheus. And this was a model kit that had Tengen artwork on it. Yeah. Yes. And but they one call of... it the movie edition on the product, correct? Yeah, yeah on the yeah. product it, it says like, if I had it, it's, it's, it's like... movie Mac- edition with yeah. Daedalus and Prometheus. Yeah. Because I've got my room. Is that what it says? Yeah. Oh. On the on the, on box. the box, yeah. Oh wow, okay. So it's so it's not yeah. anything you saw any of the series or the movie. Mm-hmm. It's that's the first. Yeah. And that is exactly the one that Kit's logic is that what it is? Kit's no, concept. You're mixing the Kit's book. concept. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the one Kit's Kit Kit's concept said is the one everyone's been waiting for, which is not actually the one from in STF Macross or Robotech. Right. So, so to summarize, yeah, summarize, they ripped it off of Ma- Hasegawa. <laughs> off of Hasegawa. Okay. Like, you can't, I mean, there's, there's no nice way of saying it. Yeah. There, it's a huge coincidence if it's anything other than that. Uh, and I'd, because, actually, I'd yeah, actually say they probably got the Hasegawa kit and scanned it. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm, that's the other thing. Um, <laughs> Egan's face right uh, now. I'm not it's saying disgusting. they did. I'm not saying they did. I would just say logically... 
Kids logically. Yeah, kids uh, <laughs> logically. But, uh, Don't it, confuse him anymore. No, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, it, could, it, it, it could be a scan because I mean they're they're they're, seeing scam, the, they're definitely pumping stuff out because I mean within a week and a half, two weeks from that, they actually uh, had announced this. Uh, well, they had already announced the figures, Previous the one six the one six scale figures, which at another mm-hmm. convention. Um, They've been pushing the Hikaru, then they recently announced the Max. And but that, the Hikaru that is kids' logic, though, isn't yeah. it? Is it? I don't... don't give me confused. <laughs> That's the thing. I think that is kids' logic. So yeah. these are these two, uh, two Chinese third-party companies. All right, right, edit it so that it makes sense. So I'll skip the... Well, no, I mean, let's just makes sense. face but it. Actually... People are confused. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we have to address that confusion. There's two companies, and one of them is called Kids' Logic, and one of them is called Kids... Kids... Concept as in Kit Kat, as in Knight with Rider. a Z, yeah. as yeah. in Knight Rider. Oh my God! And uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing is that we are as confused as you are. But I actually have a Kids Logic um, product, which is the magnetic... will no longer be on this week. Goodbye. <laughs> which is the magnetic uh, levitating DeLorean, which is a really good toy, um, and it's it's well made. It's very highly detailed. There's a lot of tech in it. Uh, but it was delayed a year. Uh. So this next thing that you're going to talk about, I mean, we talked about the 1-6 scale figures, well, and they're all fine, fine and dandy or whatever. Yeah, no, but, they but, are but, really, because the Hikaru doesn't look a but, damn thing like Hikaru. For yeah, sense. you're right. I did with the 1-6 the the scale figures. Actually, that Hikaru looks like he's got a Goobaba on his head. <laughs> There's literally okay. a picture, and it looks like he has Goobaba on It's like head. an American comic-style rendering. Yeah, no, well, no, really. I thought like it was the a Hong Kong I think the face looks different. Well, it's not, it's not bad, but <laughs> there is something, bef- because um, at the beginning of Arcadia, uh-huh. they announced a 1-6 scale figure. As we reported on this podcast. Yeah. All right, and they yeah. announced a 1-6 scale cockpit. And the plot thickens. Yeah, and... <laughs> At the time, it was not their product. Was, they were doing it for an overseas Asian company trying to obtain the license for release in Japan. You see where we're going with this? <laughs> and all they ever showed was silhouettes and mock-ups. They showed a mock-up of, I think, the head for yeah. Hikaru and a CAD, very early CAD data of the cockpit. Yeah, which there. was very no detail. Mm-hmm. So... uh those very same products were in line at one point. That was be, about three years ago? About Well, it was at the beginning of Arcadia. It was the first booth they ever had. Yeah. yeah. And they were promoting it. So two very similar products were being uh, up for license approval. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much just disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, like Arcadia doesn't push those anymore. They did say it was from an... Asian overseas company. Yeah, that shows a collaborative but, effort. Yeah, yeah, but for sale in Japan. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but we still haven't said that there is a one six uh, scale cockpit by Kids Concept. That is, oh shit! <laughs> by Kids Logic. Jesus Christ! Uh, that is coming out. Like this is. So this is where it connects. Where, Not only the connects, figure. Right? I think what Adrian's getting yeah, to yeah. is that now there's, there's been an announcement yeah. of a one six comp, uh, cockpit to go with the figure, which is. Suspiciously like what Arcadia was planning with this third-party partner. Mm. So, how much? What else do you know that you can say? Well, because I know there's the confusion with the names of the companies. <laughs> um, of the companies. Yeah. 
and I believe, I believe the thing I, I had heard, I think it's about um, Kit's concept, is because I believe it had something to do with the 1Js, is that they did go as far as try to get the licensing, licensing through Toynami. And for whatever reasons, whether whatever those reasons were, it was a no-go. And they still went after licensing by bypassing Toynami and going straight to Harmony Gold. Because Toynami, from most people's understanding, has the international toy license. Like, you have to go through them. But apparently they went straight to Harmony Gold. And being that Harmony Gold honors all contracts. And <laughs> they, um, they still figured out a way to have to give them a license outside of the grasp of... What the contract of Yeah. So, oh, oh. Uh, so apparently from what I heard, uh, certain agreements were, made, were arranged. And, you know, basically Asian market exclusive only. And Robotech online store only no US just that's why usually you're seeing like available in Asia right. or exclusive to the Robotech store mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah so this this cockpit I guess to go back to it briefly it's this huge 1-6 scale cockpit with immaculate well ultra detailed detailing on the inside of the yeah. cockpit yeah. buttons galore LEDs galore Apparently the the monitor is actually a tiny LCD monitor yep. which can play footage, um, and for some reason which escapes my comprehension, it's a giant speaker because it's a speaker which apparently connects to your phone via Bluetooth and you can stream your MP3s through it. So the actual stand, of the base music. of what this de- depends on what region you're in, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, they're pushing it as a Macross product. Uh, there's official branding some... in both. It yeah. depends oh, on the really? flyer you yeah, look they, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why I think the original Arcadia partnership uh, theory has merit. Well, because I don't think that you put that much money into it or that much detail unless you're trying to get past the Japanese licensor because they're so strict on that. Now, don't mm. get us confused, or don't be confused that Arcadia is working with them. Oh no, it's more of it was something in planning at early stages and was dropped. Mm. And we're not saying they're connected. We're just saying that there was the exact same products. It's, it's a heck of a coincidence. Yeah. Those products were... Well, there's intended. a lot of coincidences in this episode of Macro uh, Speaker Podcast. It's all in who you know. Like, if, mm, I had to yeah. all those, if I had to take all those pictures and put them online, I would have never known all this. Um, <laughs> and so the price yeah, of this cockpit, whatever, what, you know, whatever name it comes out under, is a whopping 1300 USD. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wait, 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 wait. How much? $1,300 American. I'd rather have a gun pot. <laughs> Did you not know that? Like, no. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, That's the uh, only thing I do know about it. Wow. So I, I'm also wondering who this third party is trying to target because... Robotech fans, you know, from what I know of them, there's a, a you know a large international market there who are used to lower end, slightly ch- you know cheaper toys. Whereas Macross collectors tend to go for high end adult collectibles. Yeah. Um, but th- maybe they've saved up a lot of money on the toys that they haven't been getting. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean, but there's one thing you have to understand: like 
Robotech and Macross are very popular in like Hong Kong, Asia. Yeah. And there's a lot of money there. Mm. And it's also popular in South America. Yeah. Right? Much <laughs> but like recently, where Readpop has been having their, you know, their Shanghai Comic Con, their Beijing Comic Con. Right. Uh, when they the Beijing one is is um, just kind of spreading it, with the Shanghai one is, uh, from what I've been told, it's that's a show. The attendees are people that like to spend money. Mm, yeah. Like that's not a sh- that's not a Comic Con mm. kind of and, thing. And, it's like, and this item this cockpit's limited to 500 pieces yeah so I so. mean yeah I mean they'll probably sell them uh, yeah. I mean it looks good I mean I was surprised that it went from 3D data to, to having one I think it was 3D data and I saw pictures of them putting it together and then it was on display yeah well if you look closely uh, like they have all these like rough lines so yeah. it looks 3D printed yeah, like they print, printed the pieces out. Um, so I guess look. So there's no knocking the craftsmanship behind any right. of these products. Unless yeah. For the record, unless I think bad. it looks awesome. It looks yeah. really cool. Yeah. I guess yeah. My my stance on it, and I, I yeah. do agree with you, Renato. But you know, being my podcast, I guess what I want to definitely put out there on record is knowing where this license is coming from. It's an awesome looking product, but you know, everyone be aware of. Where this money is going if you are to buy this thirteen hundred dollar? Because it's not going to the not a cent goes to the creators of the design or to Big West or any of those guys. No credit for the designers will be on the actual, you know, the original designers will be on the yeah. packaging. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, people vote with their their wallets. That that's fine, but you know, it it would be a little hypocritical. And this is just my opinion to blow thirteen hundred dollars on this and then turn around and complain about not be able to buy Macross in the West <laughs> because this money is funding that and yet for less than that money you could buy every single Macross Blu-ray from Japan that's just my stance I'm not saying that my opinion reflects everyone else here but that's that's that, that was my take on it uh, I don't have an opinion so severe because again like people that want to do something have to go about it whether they have to move to another country or mm. the hell um yeah, you know, if it's with, if it's within their means and it's legal, then good for them. Just you know, uh, the devil is in the details. So I hope that the stuff that they're putting out comes to, as Tommy Yoon would say, fruition. <laughs> and the uh, best is yet to come. And it's of good quality, and you know, everything works out with them, and stuff just doesn't become vaporware. Mm. No. I mean, look at. The tabletop gaming stuff. I mean, they just were notified again that we got to look into another manufacturer for really for Wave Two. So I don't follow any. I of that follow cause... that because I think it's interesting to to see how it's unfolding, and it mm. is a disaster. Um, like they're really it's it's sad. I mean, and I don't really know your market. Mm. No. How to produce a product, you know, before you go and take people's money. Well, again, you know, I'm not a toy person, and I, I mean, all about the Japanese license stuff anyway. Yeah. But that's I didn't know that. That's interesting yeah, because it's not a thing about quality. Because please go buy the VF2 SS. It's a piece of junk, but please go buy it. <laughs> like, how much did you say it was going for in that shop? Well, thirteen hundred dollars. The next, yeah. um, the next version only, if they have any left. 
was uh, 9,880 yen or something. The like that. only way to get it potentially cheaper yeah. is if you strike out, strike it lucky at one to first, like Adrian. Yeah, but that didn't even have a set. Yeah, I know. So that's even a better deal than what I got because mine was mine, like 10,000 straight. 6,000, like 60 yen more, and I didn't even get a set. All right. Well, well, all right. We are um, <laughs> Renato's got to leave us, so I guess we're going to wrap up this end of year. Yeah, impressions. Uh, Although, the talk of VF two SS just like sends me, sends me well, right back home. Renato, in like two minutes or less. Yes, we're wrapping the year up. So it's been for all this talk that it's been a heck of a year for Macross. We've had Delta. We've had the beginning of a series of concerts. We've had albums. I mean, how how how's the year been? Looking back, I mean. You As a Macross fan, give me give me your ten point summary of. As a Macross fan, how's the year been? Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we started the year off with so much promise. At the beginning of, uh, <laughs> and I know what Adrian's gonna do. He's like, oh my god, I knew. Don't we started st- off with actually where this podcast began as well. We started off the year at Toho Cinemas. We started off with this podcast, too, with the Crush Radio uh, screening at Toho Cinemas. At that very same cinema, mm-hmm. we watched the first episode of... Um, Delta, and then Delta. we talked in the, is it in the little bar. Yeah, afterwards. we talked in the bar, and I was like, oh my god, this is so awesome, man! <laughs> I want to uh, see more Dancing Batroids! And then, yes, Dancing Batroids! I thought that was what the show was going to be about, man! And then, uh, you know, on the way back, did I talk about this on the podcast? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, Adrian exploded. He was like, oh, this sucks! <laughs> like, we off the air, you know? He was really behaving himself on the podcast. And he was like, no, no, I don't, I don't know. Like, what was that? Did you really like that? And then I'm like, all right, I've got to catch my train now. Uh, and then we enjoyed Delta for a while. And then I don't know what the hell happened halfway through. It was just, okay, it's like exposition day every week now. I like and, Burger uh, Time. And, yeah, Burger Time Deluxe. And we were just podcasting after every episode, and it became a chore, man. Like, I, I mean, it's cool talking to you guys, but well, I wasn't you. talking about the show that much, at least not that I remember. I think it was plenty to talk about weekly. It was just having the time and energy to do anything weekly. It's that, so. too, but, I mean, I wasn't getting burned out because it was getting tiresome to talk about the show. I was getting burned out because there wasn't really anything happening appealing with the show at least not stuff that I thought I was being promised um, it just turned out to be and especially the last episode it just turned out to be uh, like Frontier Redux um, the whole neural network thing again uh, yeah it is what it is it's fine um, I mean, what else macros related happened I don't know well, I mean, like, yeah, then well, I went into Cabaneri and all that stuff and it's, it's funny that Cabaneri and Macros Delta were uh, happening at the same time, and it's, so it's not like uh, Mikimoto is not available to do designs. You know, <laughs> they're actively pushing it out, and then having these um, these Walkure stuff, and then they're using his designs and trying to recreate the illustrative nature of his designs in Cabaneri, mm. uh, which was of which a second stuff. season or a second something just got announced. Yeah, because it's Noitamina, I think it's another. Season, they they right? didn't say they, said, they didn't. They just said it was going to be another anime. Work. A new anime. Yeah. Uh, they're working to complete it by 2018. It, and he did. You know, kind of the director from the first series. He said, "Yeah, we're at you know looking at animation. So we know we know it's some kind of anime. It, it, could, like it, a live it, could, it could be a third movie for all we know. But they're doing. Yeah, it could be. Um, but they're doing uh, like the same director, same studio. They're doing uh, Titan Two, Titan, yeah. Attack on Titan Two. So, as well. hence so they're why, really booked up. Yeah. Why 2018? Exactly. 2017's so, Attack on Titan Two. So like, where is the Delta movie that's going to fix this? 
now. <laughs> What's it got to do with... <laughs> Oh, so you're saying well, it's just they, like Frontier? It's got to be fixed by Sure, the yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. At least, at least Delta kept me interested until halfway through, which is more than Frontier. They just released the rest of the plot as DLC for the video game. Do you game. remember when we first started? Like He's like, I don't even remember the characters on Frontier. <laughs> what are their names? And then now he's like, fix it. Fix it like they fixed Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't remember their names. I'm all right. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm not watching Frontier. So I mean, yeah, but we've had you know the Valkyrie and hitting the charts. No, the, but the products were awesome. Uh, High Metal Monster. Oh yeah, that was incredible. Um, With the correct knees. <laughs> yeah. Did, did they ever <laughs> remedy? Your, did they ever? Well, you you have it right? Yeah, I have Are it. Are they there? They're glorious. <laughs> Jesus. Locomotive Ninja. How many episodes did I have to bring that up? I'm like, they're there or not? I I I just went in the showroom. They are not there. I'm like, that is not the final one. It was Kuribus Shoe at the showroom. It was Kuribus Shoe from Super Mario Brothers Three. Oh God. Oh my God. But yeah, awesome year, great year for Macros. Yeah, whatever. There's been a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could like a lot of stuff. I could take it or leave, um, but I'm glad that there is so much stuff that I have the option of choosing. You know, freedom. It's nice to have that. Uh, so in a way, like you described, basically, like Robotech being kind of sad earlier, <laughs> and like, and, and it is like they don't have the choice that we have over here in Japan. And I'm not saying that to be like, see, we're so cool and everything. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm very lucky and privileged to to enjoy my life. Here in Japan, as an anime fan, I'm very, very happy. This being where we are, there's a lot of Macross toys lying around. And just before the podcast, we were looking at one and talking about how this year, compared to when a toy came out from Ban Presto in 2004, (laughs) how much things have improved and how much we take for granted uh, uh, the toys that we have now. Yeah, just before the podcast, I was playing uh, on Gwyn's PS TV. Delta TV? Delta Scramble? Delta Scramble, yeah. Macros Delta Scramble. Is, it's a yeah. really cool game. Um, yeah, we we have it. It's cool. Like this, we can enjoy macros in any media we we want. If you don't enjoy the anime, it's fine. There's stuff for you. Uh, we can enjoy the concerts. And meet mm. the meet the girls. Like, Alrighty, so Renato's got to run. So uh, he's folding out early. Bye. All right. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, we've got a bunch of podcasts lined up, but uh, we've got a few more things to talk about yet. But we'll let Renato run. All right, so, Egan, I believe there was an event you went to that uh, you wanted to bring up. Bring us back to Macross, although by a roundabout way. Oh, <laughs> bring us back to Macross, though by a roundabout way. Conway did a talk, and not your typical ones we've been to before, like mm-hmm. being in a theater or in a uh, huge convention hall, but in a classroom. One of the cool things about going to Japan is, and being in Japan is, a lot of the creators we know and admire... They just hold random talks at random universities in your r- typical classroom, maybe 30 people or, or uh, around that level, just like a sit-down seminar chat, a one on, almost one-on-one. You know, you can talk with them afterwards. Mm-hmm. And the one I went to in no, uh, November was with Sophia University. And the strangest thing is, the people holding it, it was the Gundam Research Club. Think of it. The club that was on campus devoted to being the Gundam geeks. And that particular day was the culture festival for that university. Mm-hmm. So I guess they just said, couldn't hurt to ask. Let's see if we can get you know, whoever contact, uh, the contact for Kamwari, ask him if he could come in and talk. And he agreed. And uh, he he also does this, like, uh, also in November, he did one for another university in uh, Osaka. 
And so, yeah, it was cool to get in uh, to hear uh, him talk. If you've been to the Macross uh, uh, panel he did over Anime Expo, mm -hmm. largely the same PowerPoint presentation with the slides. But he had some couple things that were interesting in, in there. One thing he did was uh, he brought out his Lego uh, mock-up of the SV-262. And transformed and showed the people. It's like, okay, everyone, gather around. Now that the panel's over, let's. Yeah, you want to see? Yeah, let me bring this out. No pictures. I'm gonna have no, anyone so take. In other pictures? words, the Draken. Yes, the Draken. He brought it out. The, the original prototype he created out of Lego, and showed it does no transform all three modes using just regular Lego parts. There wasn't any special uh, pieces that he added on or doohickeys mm -hmm. or uh, kit bash. It was all done with Lego parts, roughly the same size as you would see uh, a, the Bandai DX one that we're about to see mm -hmm. next year and show how it transformed, how he's able to do that unique uh, uh, body twist so you can have the arms right in the middle and mm -hmm. come out uh, on both sides when it's in uh, Gerwalk mode or Batroid. And he used the, he talked about how he explained how he used Legos from way back, you know, starting with the uh, Verse Valkyrie, and he still keeps mm -hmm. each and every one of his Lego uh, mock-ups over the years. Well, I know that you know when we saw him down in uh, Takarazuka, he had the uh, the fifty-one, I think yes. it was, with mm -hmm. some cardboard editions, and the twenty-five. That's what I was amazed about. Like one, the ones he's able to do it without some of the kit bashing. Mm -hmm. But the S, no, the fifty-one, you could sort of see why it needed the kit bashing because of how intricate right. it is. But it blew me away. He had everything mocked up on almost as uh, uh, complicated the Draken, but all with Lego parts, things you can you know, buy. We were you know, joking about how, yeah, he sh they should do an official Lego kit. Because, you know, they've been trying to do that. And there's a bunch of plans online, you know, from people who, who do... Do it do, on your own. Like, In fact, yeah. there was, the cool thing is, because this was a, the, the, the club, there was a guy who brought in his own, like, uh, Valkyrie mock-up to have, you know, a uh, Calamari look at. And he... Calamari's not only looking at it, but criticizing, oh, you could have done this with this joint that they now have. Really? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, he, was, he geeks out on Lego because, he, you know, it's how he developed and designs his stuff in 3D. Mm -hmm. He has his character... Well, not CAD drawing, his pencil. Like, he, he uses the graph paper. Mm -hmm. He showed us some of the graph paper drawings he did for the various Valkyries. And then when he needs to figure out if everything works in 3D space, mm -hmm. he pulls out the Legos. And that's when he puts it all together. It makes it work. And that's why the toy companies, well, at least initially, they were happy that he can do uh, designs because they know it could physically work. Okay. That's funny because if you look at... Um some of the sketches in volume uh, six of the Blu-ray, uh, it shows what I know they mentioned a bunch of talk shows, which was originally the 31 was supposed to be very, very similar to the 30. And the idea was like, yeah, we can basically just reuse this, this design, you know, and he kept refining it. He kept tweaking it. And it's got the original sketch next to how it turned out in the booklets. And it's like, oh Yeah. I can see how toy manufacturers would be freaking out. Like, this was supposed to be... You're supposed to put all the work into the Draken. This was supposed <laughs> to be an easy one, the 31, but... And but, that's what we're getting into the toy after the anime ended. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. But it looks like it's good, so... And the other thing you talked about, because this was the uh, university, he wanted to reminisce about his days back in the college 
And he's like, because you know, this is the Gundam Club. I was in my KO University Gundam Club. That's how I you know, got together with Mikimoto and some of the other creators of Macross. Mm-hmm. And back then, it's like, oh, what did you guys do? Would you were building models? No, we... We were, you know, into this you know, club we created before there was even Gundam models. We were excited about the TV series, and the Gundam models had to be made and turned Gundam into the uh, phenomenon it is. So what he said they did instead was they got airsoft guns, and they were running around campus with cardboard armor. They built armor out of you know, cardboard with shields and whatnot, and were geeking out all over campus. These are the future Macross creators that we now know as being the people we look up to. They were once, you know, university kids running around their hallways. Like, hearing that story, I'm getting flashbacks to the, uh, the Airsoft segment of Otakuno video. It all makes sense, doesn't it? Because that's what those, you know, like we, were ta- uh, we said before this podcast, Macross the movie was the uh, anime made by Taku for Taku. Mm-hmm. It was like the turning point where it's gunned down... Yamato was like still trying to aim for the ma- uh, mass media people who are watching on television. Macross was slowly leaning towards creating for the subculture f- uh, people who becomes you know so uh, well part of the culture themselves. They wanted to make something for themselves. This is what they came from, the Takano video generation. It is a shame there are no pictures allowed of that Lego dragon. I do have pictures of when people you know, brought the creations to show Kamori. Like the terms of respect, I want to show you what I can create based on what you know inspired me to do. Like Renato showing Beiji Matsumoto his scribbles. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Nice. So, well, uh, I assume it's going to come out later because we've seen in pictures and like you guys went to the, uh, we went to events where we've seen his other creations. So right. in time, we'll probably see him. But to have him not only you know, bring it out, but in a small, intimate classroom setting, come on, gather around the table. I'm going to bring it out and transform it for you, show you how I designed it, how I figured out how I did this joint and whatnot. That was just amazing. So, mm. That's a cool thing because yeah, now being in Japan, we can see these kind of things uh, yeah. with the creators. Well, I really wish I had made it to that now. <laughs> I almost went, but... It's been a busy year. And we could probably, st- uh, he will probably do more next year, so we'll probably see those. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, guys, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, this has been more of an end of year ramble than an end of year wrap up, but it's been good. Um, it's been a while since we've had everyone together in the room. Um, any final thoughts on, on Macross for the year? Egan? I think it, Ramble is probably the best way to describe this entire year. It's been a little this and that of everything. Now, I was like, all of the good, but there's enough of the good stuff. You, if you happen to want it, you can find and grab. Isn't uh, because we are lived through being a Macross fan before Macross Frontier during the doldrums time, the really dead period, uh, early nineties, early two thousands. We know what it's like when you're a Macross fan and trying to find good stuff out there and waiting years. Well, there's a lot of good stuff coming out right now. There's just a lot of stuff coming out. Now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So good and bad. I can't afford it all, that's for sure. How about you, Adrian? Any thoughts? Um, regarding Macross? I was, it was a stellar year for Macross, I thought. Um, I don't really see a dip in the momentum. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't go, didn't skyrocket like Frontier did. You mean things aren't winding down? No, things are not winding down. If anything, there's plenty of stuff 
you know, coming out. The anniversary, yeah. Yeah. Um, Delta came out, got the right numbers, uh, maybe it dipped a little bit, but it's, as always, it brought in new fans. Uh, old fans that didn't cling to it are still waiting to see what's going to come after. So there's no lull in the fandom. Mm. So they may not have got what they wanted, but they know within five years to possibly sooner, they may get what they want. But at least they have something to look forward to. Um, because of social media, the numbers are there. I mean, it's mm. just amazing to see, you know, whether it's people downloading something, they're they're watching. Uh, I think, you know, on a personal level, we got to work on, currently working on one project, finishing up. Mm-hmm. Got to work on Tengen's book. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's seen on both sides. So, on uh, a personal level, I've had a great year. Um, stressful. Very. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I think there'll be a lot of things. Who knows? I mean, if there's more stuff to come out, um, maybe there'll be more stuff to work on. If there's not, you know, whenever there is, hopefully they'll call on us again. But, I mean, wouldn't have changed this year for the world. Hmm. Yeah, it's been a very challenging year. Um, I think, you know, Delta has had a very different product cycle to Frontier, where Frontier gradually ramped up. Uh, Yeah, with Delta, it's been interesting because... I think just now we're seeing this next Walkure gig at the end of January will be the big one because it, the marketing's there this time. Uh, they're releasing all these new illustrations on a, on a, you know every other day. There's a uh, this great new pic by Ebata of all the girls in their actual Walkure outfits, as in the mythical Walkure outfits. Um, there's more toys coming. The the Draken hasn't come out yet. The thirty one technically came out just recently, like literally pretty recently. And we've got all these high metal R's potentially on the table if trade shows are to be believed. The 2SS, the 4, uh, things that aren't from Delta, you know, moving forward. And I think moving forward is what I'd like to to leave the year on uh, as far as a final note. Because as you mentioned, Egan, we have the 35th anniversary coming up um, with, you know, Megumi having come back into singing. So there could be some potential there. And... We don't know what's going to go on with the anniversary. And just as a Macross uh, fan, there's that. But as a general anime fan, if you look at what's coming up in the immediate future, like, you know, there's a second season of One Punch Man. There's a second season of Attack on Titan. There's a second something of of Carboneri. Uh, There's Yamato 2202, which begins in, like, two months from now. There's It's going to be a great year for anime coming up, let alone Macross. So, I guess, you know... Um, 2016 was a rough year in many respects. It was a bit of a roller coaster. A lot of good came out of it, and I think uh, we'll see where both well, you know where where Macross goes in in 2017 with those seeds that it's it's planted. Whether they they come up Walkure or whether they come up Var, we'll we'll see see what happens. But all right, look, since Ronaldo's left us, we're running short on time. Uh, I'm just going to do a blanket statement here and say find us on the culture shock. Sh- sh- I messed that up. Find us on decultureshock.com. And, uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter for the most part. So until the next episode, which I 
Most certainly did not record last week. This is the Speaker Podcast folding out for this year. And we'll see you again in 2017. Thank you.